Welcome to the Chapman CG Podcast, inspiring and informative conversations with HR leaders from around the world. Organizational capability enables strategy. As a framework, it can take many forms by drawing upon and aligning people, systems, structures, technologies, and culture. Building organizational capability fosters innovation, transformation, and change. But how does the business and HR identify, assess, and advance organizational capabilities? I'm here today with Michael Errett, Senior Vice President, Human Resources, Supply Chain at Johnson & Johnson, to discuss and identify exactly how to assess and advance organizational capabilities. Hi, Michael. Welcome to, uh, welcome to our podcast. Uh, thank you very much. Thanks for having me, Alan. Not a problem. Um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, your role at Johnson & Johnson? Uh, sure. Uh, as Alan referenced, I'm Michael Errett. I'm a Vice President of Human Resources, currently working and supporting our supply chain, and uh, the subsection of the supply chain that I support is all of the non-manufacturing groups, with the largest groups being quality and compliance and customer and logistics services. Uh, I, my entire career has been in human resources and all within healthcare companies. So prior to Johnson & Johnson, I was at Bristol-Myers Squibb, and prior to that, I was at Cigna, the uh, U.S.-based employee benefits company. Um, I've lived and worked in, in, in three regions, and I'm currently supporting Latin America uh, right now. And my previous role with Johnson Johnson was head of um, talent development, which included leadership development and global mobility. So why is organizational capability building um, important in today's market? Yeah, you know, I, I think it starts on with the fact that um, we all sort of loosely and, and, and probably different ways use the word capability. It's a very uh, commonly used and potentially overused term in business today. And as a human resources professional, I used to um, I used to use that ambiguous tagline to try to explain to my wife and to my mom who can never understand exactly what I did, um, you know, it, to try to define that. So I would say, how I help advance capabilities. That's my job. Uh, and then I got an opportunity at Johnson & Johnson, um, you know, eight years ago or so where we acquired a company. And, um, and literally my boss came to me and said, we need to create a plan around what are the critical capabilities that are important as we integrate this new business and, and how do we um, address some gaps. So the tagline that I would use or the explanation I would use to my wife and, and mom in terms of what I did, I, now I needed to really live into. So I, I immersed myself in this capability space. And what emerged was, you know, what I, you know, I would tell you is I don't think anything terribly novel or, or innovative, but really an accumulation of some best practices around what was happening at Johnson & Johnson to be able to um, – identify, assess, and advance capabilities. Um, I think they're important to your question because, um, you know, to enable a, a strategy, you got to sort of focus in on what's most important, what are going to be those core capabilities that are going to drive value differentiation and, mm -hmm. and really, you know, allocate a lot of time and resource and effort into being really good in those areas. Right, absolutely. So, so what, what does capability look like to you within the organization? Sure. So, you know, I think, uh, I think regardless around how you have a capability discussion, maybe I'll, I'll talk about how capability building looks like for many of the organizations I've worked in, is we'll have a strategic planning discussion or strategic discussion, and we'll identify either uh, a, 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 a strength, um, a capability strength or a gap, and we'll say, all right, what do we, what do we need to do? We've got this huge opportunity. What do we need to do? And if we have the capability discussion at all, it, it's typically defaults to, um, well, we need to add people, right? So we've got an opportunity, let's add people or let's try to train people up to be able to address that capability gap. And um, what I was 
you know, had the opportunity to, to undertake in this in this project I, I referenced many years ago was to create a, a five-step process around how to um, assess, sorry, identify, assess, and, and advance capabilities. And it starts with, is there um, a true strategy? What we find most of the time is a lot of our businesses have either a, a declaration of what we want to do or a vision but not really a roadmap around how you're going to be able to deliver upon some greater vision. So, you know, using Johnson & Johnson as an example, is we may aspire to be the greatest healthcare company in the world, which is a great vision. But we need a roadmap, some specifics around what we're going to do specifically and what we want to be really good at to be able to deliver upon that vision. So these five steps are, number one, you know, what is the business strategy and is it a real strategy, a real tangible roadmap that gives you value proposition elements that you can differentially invest in? And the second step is then from there, um, identifying what are the capabilities that are going to be required to execute upon that strategy. And, you know, quite honestly, Alan, this is the, this is the hardest part, right? Because people at this yeah. point often get caught up in the definitions. Is it a capability? Is it a competency? Is it a skill? The word capability can be used so much, so interchangeably in, in a couple different areas. You can have individual capability or functional capability or organizational capability. And, um, you know, so, that, so what I usually will do in those five steps uh, in that second step is let's not get lost in the definition, but let's just brainstorm. If we're able to execute on that strategy in, in step one, what do we need to be really good at? And create a, a list, you know, just brainstorm a list of what we need to be good at. And then the third step is taking those capabilities that you've brainstormed or the, that list and defining for each one, what does the future state look like? So this is step three. What does that future state or ideal state look like? Not just within the constructs of what's happening with our best competitor or the marketplace, but if we were to really dream and think about what could be. After that, you've got a future state. You know where you are today. You do a gap assessment. And then from that gap assessment, the, the, um, the fifth step is prioritizing and action planning. So um, you prioritize an action plan, and then this is the, the, the sort of second big, um, I think, definable element of how I approach capabilities, at least, is as opposed to that example I gave you before where we say we need to add people, there's actually six yeah. drivers of capability. So it's, it's talent, it's organizational design, it's culture, meaning how are we rewarding and recognizing the cap you know, building of advancing of these capabilities, it's technology, it's process, and it's infrastructure. So what's the physical infrastructure to support that? So that's how I view, you know, broadly, um, you know, capability identification, assessment, and advancement. Wonderful. That kind of leads on very well, actually, to, to the next question is sort of how, how can HR in that structure be more strategic in identifying and assessing which capabilities impact the business performance? Yeah, I think I think the hardest part of this in terms of how how can HR be more strategic is actually you know creating a platform for the discussion is right. you know asking some pretty simple questions that can lead to some pretty meaningful and, and impactful results. So, for example, let's take some time to pressure test and ensure that we've got a sound strategy, a a, 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 um, a definitive roadmap for how we execute upon our vision, right, and then drawing to the table and having the conversation around within that strategy, we need to prioritize and figure out which capabilities are going to be most important for us to execute on that strategy. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think I could probably speak to a lot of my counterparts and, and my peers on the phone when, 
you know, a, a lot of companies will try to, to try to be good at everything, right? We want to be the lowest cost provider with the highest quality and the most innovative with the most product solutions and, and, and so on and so forth. And, and you'll never create a, a differentiated, successful long-term business if you try to be good at everything. You got to hone in on what is the critical strategic elements and then what are the two or three capabilities that we can't afford to not be good at to be able to deliver upon that. From a, from a culture perspective then, you know, that kind of drives that. I mean, in your, in your opinion, what, what extent should corporate culture influence that capability building? Yeah, so, you know, I'll give you my perspective on that, um, which is, you know, a culture is ultimately made up of the aggregate norms and behaviors of its population. And um, the way to, to, you know, to what extent the corporate culture influences the capability building is an, an understanding of what is the current context of that culture. So there may be things that are sort of non-intuitive or, or helpful in terms of building those capabilities. And, and I think the key is sort of leaning on what are those great culture elements that you can lean on that associate very nicely with the capability build. And, and that goes to the differentiation part. So for example, if you have a culture of high customer centricity, then identifying you know customer connectivity as a critical capability is going to you know parlay really nicely into the the capability advancement if you're a um you know a healthcare company and you identify that the capability is we want to be the greatest technology company in the world that that could be much more difficult so i think corporate culture has a huge influence as either an enabler or catalyst or maybe you know a, 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 an element of this is going to be more challenging than just given our culture that that needs to be recognized. Um, having said all that, Alan, I, you know my firm belief in terms of how you how you change or reinforce a culture is picking a cultural driver. So in that example of customer connectivity, we want to be you know use customer um, centricity as a capability. Then you got to take that core capability and build it in every aspect of how you run your business if you want to have that cultural support. So hire people against that profile of who's customer centric, build it into everyone's objectives, and ultimately pay their performance based on how well they're reinforcing the importance of that behavior. Train people on it. You know, promote people based on how well they've created an organization and demonstrated themselves the importance of that capability. Um, make sure it's referenced in all the different communications the company has. So I, I think there's an aspect of cultural advancement as in relation to capabilities, um, which is you got to take it, that, that capability and kind of position it as a cultural driver and then build it in how you run your business. Absolutely. Okay. So this is, this, this is more general as well. It's not just sort of specific to J&J. It's, um, it's more broadly speaking. So would you say there are any sort of current trends just in the market in general the outside of what you're doing that you kind of identified and that other HR leaders should be aware of as regards capability building? Yeah, what I'd be interested in, maybe I can share my contact information with those on the podcast because I'm always interested in learning, you know, all the stuff that's better than, than what I know or that what we're doing. Um, what I found is there's companies and individuals that are making terrific advancements in capability creation. Um, but what I don't see is a lot of consistency or, um, you know, a real process or um, approach to capability creation um, that's simple and, and practical that, that, you know, is easily understood and executed by both HR and by the business. And, you know, I think it starts with the definition of the terms. I mean, wouldn't it be great if 
you know, the HR um, function globally could sort of align on here's what capability really means versus competency versus skill. And then, you know, from there, I mean, it's one of these things that doesn't matter if we're in a competitive space or not that every company is looking to do. Um, but and I think there are several, you know, external partners, you know, some of the thought leader kind of consulting companies that have some great approaches to this. Um, but I think people are doing it a bit kind of intuitively and kind of inconsistently, oftentimes with great results, but not often with a ton of science um, around how you go about, you know, advancing capability. Absolutely. I think that's going to resonate very well uh, with a lot of the listeners. And I'd be, uh, be surprised if you don't get a few taps on the shoulder. <laughs> I'd love to. Maybe we could set up a consortium of people that are interested and, and create a learning community that we can learn from each other because you know I don't have it all figured out and J and J doesn't have it all figured out, but um, it's it's you know it's a critical I think from an HR professional perspective it's a critical um, you know skill set or competency that we're going to need to possess moving forward. I think the business quite honestly uh, relies on that. And hey, if we get good enough at it, maybe I can even explain to my mom and wife uh, what I do better. Michael, thank you, thank you very much for your time. Um, that was Michael Eric. The Vice President of Human Resources, Supply Chain at Johnson Johnson, and uh, to discuss how to identify, assess, and advance organizational capabilities. Thank you, Michael, again. That was, that was wonderful. Thank you, Al. Thank you for the time. For more excellent conversations from Chapman CG, subscribe to our podcast series or check us out at chapmancg.com.